It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm James Erpine, and this is the Locked On Bengals podcast. It is great to be with you. You can follow on Twitter at James Erpine at Locked On Bengals. Subscribe, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. Sorry, not in studio today. It's kind of a hectic Tuesday for me. Coming up, you're going to hear my conversation with Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com. Just a quick reminder that we're with you each and every day. If you're looking for a one-stop shop for all things Bengals, your daily Bengals fix, this is the place for you. I caught up with Jeff Hobson earlier today on ESPN 1530, and I asked him about Michael Johnson being cut. Now, yesterday I explained on the podcast why it happened, etc. Today, well, it was more so about the leader and why they wanted to bring him back. It would have been easy to just move on from Michael Johnson, period. They didn't. They kept him. Here's Butch Hobson on why. Well, I think they, uh, they you know, it's almost like, uh, the, you know, I know the fans have been down in the past. They've been down on guys that, uh, for whatever reason, they don't, they don't think produce, but the coaches live by these guys, guys like Peko. And, uh, you know, guys like LaFell before he got cut, um, you know, leadership does mean something. And with a guy like Michael, I, I think what they wanted to do was uh, redo his redo his deal. And uh, to, um, you know, kind of it's kind of a tight fit now with Gino and uh, with Gino and Carlos. But they didn't, uh, you know, I think as Paul, as Paul reported in the Inquirer that, uh, you know, they, they weren't going to cut his pay. And uh, but they were, I think they probably restructured it so they gave him a little bit more room, a little bit of air to breathe in this season to give him some, you know a little bit of help with injury injuries and stuff like that. But you know I think Mike's value is obviously a lot of it's intangible. They also think they think he can help. He can help. I mean they think he can help them. He's he's they had only kept eight linemen. You knew they weren't going to keep eight linemen. And uh, they need nine. And I think Mike's a vital part of it because. Um, you know, I think they think he can help. They, that he can, he, he's really uh, as an inside rusher. He, you know, he gives them a, a dimension that a lot of teams don't have. You know, a kind of a, a Pauline guy in there mm-hmm. uh, that can give you fit. You know, that can give guards fits. You know, I think to me the question is, you know, how much do you play him? Because I think Mike would probably be better unless he played. I think he might be a, a Gilberry type of guy who is better when he played. You know. 40% of the snaps instead of 70. And you got a guy like Jordan Willis who looks ready to go at, at right end. So it's going to be interesting to see that. I know Mike's very excited about the rotation. Today he kept talking about 2012, which is when, you know, they had a, you know, I think they hit over 50 sacks and Mike had his career year and I think with 11 and a half and Gino had 12 and a half. And, you know, Mike, Mike kind of gets that sense again with these young guys mixing with the veterans. So I think Mike's a Mike's a big part of it on and off. You know the fact that the you know his teammates voted him a captain. His teammates obviously feel like uh, he's a valuable guy. Jeff Hobson, Bengals dot com with us before they brought Mike back, and it seemed like they were going to on Saturday. But before they did that, the Bengals had 
the youngest roster in their league. I think their average uh, player age was 25.2 years old. How big of a a flip is that? How surprising is that? Because I, I think I think of Marvin Lewis and I think of coaches. I mean, they're on two year deals, but but these these veteran coaches they want to win now, and it seems like they're banking on a lot of young guys to get that done. And and to be honest, Jeff, I think that's refreshing amongst fans here in Cincinnati to see that be the case. Yeah, you know, I I, I think so too. But I also think it's a little bit deceptive in that. Um, Overall, they are young, but the guys they're playing, the guys they're asking to to to, to bring this thing home, have been around a while. You know, um, if you look at the, if you look at the, you know, they're not, you know, it's not like they're not as young as 2011 when they were looking for rookies to carry them. You know, and granted, rookies and young guys are a big part of this team. There's no question about that. But take a look at the difference between the last couple of years, maybe. Because last year they were pretty young too. I think they were maybe third or something. And uh, um, but last year I think they had a record number of uh, draft picks and first year players. I think fourteen. This year there's half of that. There's half of that. There's seven rookies and uh, first year players. There's actually just seven rookies. And you know, like Marvin said, there's a guys. There's guys that they're young, but they've played a lot of ball. Since they've been here, you know, mm-hmm. guys like uh, you know who you know. Well, like well, obviously Andy and AJ, but um, you know, take those, you know, take those second and third year guys, guys like Tyler Boyd, um, a guy like uh, Nick Vigil, uh, a guy like um, even a rookie, uh, a guy like uh, a guy like Jordan Evans is now a second year player. Uh, they're young, but they got a lot of snaps in them. You know, it's funny you get guys like a, like a Josh Malone is just. Uh, and Josh Malone and Joel Mixon, you know, they're barely 21, 22 years old. That takes your average down too. Yet they've taken, you know, they, they've taken some snaps. And um, but I think I think it's an interesting mix, James. I really do. I think it's an interesting mix. They're young, but they're old too. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree that they they do have experience. I, I just, to me, I, I think that's a a good recipe. And I talked about this as well uh, last week in JeffHopsonBengals.com with us. I'm James Erpine. I'm not saying they're not going for it this year. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all because right. obviously the Bengals say they're in win-now mode. But when you, you re-sign a Geno Atkins and a Carlos Dunlap, I look at Carl Lawson and John Ross and Joe Mixon, and obviously Andy Dalton is right in his prime, A.J. Green in his prime. This team, as good as it is now, and the potential is certainly there to make the playoffs and make a run this season. I think next year, maybe after they get a little more experience for some of those young guys, I'm thinking a John Ross, I'm thinking Joe Mixon, that maybe next year could be the year where they're legitimate Super Bowl contenders, especially if they can address the right side of that line. And I know I'm looking way ahead and looking past the season, but but I think that that window, that championship window, that seemed kind of closed over the past couple of years, it's starting to open again. Well, you make a good general manager. That's what they get paid to do. They get paid to they get paid to go through the waiver wire, and they also <laughs> get paid to have the view. They also, you know, they go through the mon- uh, how mundane the waiver wire is, and then they're also paid to look forward into the future. You know. Uh, and I think, you know, cause, and, and uh, I think you're, I think you make a good point. That window seems to be opening again with the draft classes of 16, 17, and 18. Mm-hmm. And much like the window kind of opened with the draft, with the draft classes of of 11, 12, and 13. And um, you know, 
uh, I think, uh, you know, you're talking about, you're talking about kids like, um, you know, you're about price and Bates and, uh, a guy like Phillips, who's I think going to play a lot. And, um, you know, they're, you know, I, I think you're right. I think it's, uh, I think a lot, you know, I do think they are in, in win for a mode now because of, uh, well, how much they're paying this roster. Sure. The fact that they're the fact that they're keeping a guy like Michael, and the fact that they they hired the coaching staff that they did. I mean, they hired a they hired a veteran coaching staff. I mean, they hired a staff that was you know let's fix this you know they stuck with Marvin and they said let's fix this thing now. And so um, you know I know Mike gets banged, Mike Brown gets banged for you know well, he's always looking to the future. But to me, I think and I you know I think I like to, and I like to hear what you think about this. I, I think for the last. You know, five or six, seven years. It's been, you know, they've been trying to, you know, they've been trying to, trying to win this thing. You know, sure, absolutely. And I think the past, you said six or seven years, the last six or seven months have gone about as well for this Bengals team as yeah. possible, from health wise to what they did in the draft to the trades they've made. I like all of the moves they've made, and I think uh, I, before camp, Jeff, I said nine and seven. I feel pretty good about that prediction now that they're healthy. Look, look looking looking ahead to this weekend. Uh, d- does anything concern you? Are there any concerns? Because to me, I think Eifert's healthy. Ross is healthy. They had some success in the preseason. Uh, everything seems to be going to plan. If you were going to write out a plan, say in April, for this team to make a run, I think the plan has gone about as well as possible up to this point. Yeah, I, I think the one thing I worry about is the running game. Uh, mm-hmm. I worry about it. I worry about them letting go Hewitt. And I wonder, how much are they going to run the ball? Uh, and can they do it effectively? Uh, I do think, you know, uh, this offense, I think, is a hell of a, in a hell of a lot better place than it was a year ago at this time. Think okay. about that. You know, I mean, they didn't, the first unit didn't score a touchdown until September 24th. <laughs> That's crazy. So, I agree with you when you talk about Eifert and Ross and these guys are healthy. And, uh, you know, they really should. You know, Indy doesn't have a really dominant defensive player, Malik Hooker. Maybe the closest guy to that who's only played six NFL games. You know, you look at it from the standpoint. Frank Reich is one of the more brilliant offensive minds in the game, but he's a rookie head coach. You know, you got a rookie coordinator, offensive coordinator, rookie defensive coordinator. You think that's a pretty good matchup for the Bengals, who have a veteran coaching staff. So um, I would feel, a, a, you know, I guess it's the uh, the New England fatalism in me a little bit, you know. But I would, I I think you're right. I think it has gone. I as plan, I think they have attacked the problems that they absolutely had to attack. The offense, the offensive line, and the run defense. And I think with the emergence of Billings, the acquisition of Preston Brown, that's really helped the run defense. Uh, they attacked, uh, they did the exact right thing. They got a left tackle in here. They ripped up the culture of the offensive line. That's exactly right. Um, they developed Ross, that big speed guy. Uh, I, I just wish they could, you know, They've got to get more than three yards per carry, sure. you know, and uh, and I think if they do, I to me, uh, if they if they can run the ball, I, I think you know they could go eleven and five. Just looking at the schedule, when you look at it, if you break the thing down, it's really not a uh, uh, fourteen one o'clock games, one long trip, and I know that the schedule is skewed with where they are on the road and at home early and late, but. You know, I mean, uh, Miami here at home. You ought to win that game, right? Miami yeah, at home. Sure. You should be 
You should beat Tannehill at home. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, you, you should beat Jameis Winston at home, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, uh, uh, you know, you should go up to Indy and win. I mean, that's a, uh, you know, I mean, I'm looking at it. It just doesn't look like it's, uh, you know, I could see 11. You know, I mean, you know, if they play the way they're supposed to play, if they live play up to their potential, you should beat Denver at home. You should sweep Cleveland twice. You should split with Baltimore. You should split with Pittsburgh. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I, I, you know. You look at Carolina, Atlanta. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, you know what? Have you seen Carolina's offensive line lately? Yeah, I, you know they are beat up. That's a pretty good matchup for the Bengals. So, you know, I mean, it's. Uh, uh, I think that this team could. I think they could come out of the box pretty well at Indy, Baltimore, and at Carolina. I think that's a. Uh, you know, you come out of that. Uh, you know, two and one or three and zero. I mean, I could see them being three and zero. Um. You know, that's a good start, and I don't think that, and I don't think that's far-fetched at all. That'd be a great start. I think any Bengals fan would take that for sure, especially the way last year started. Five days into the year, they started 0-2, and we're yeah. looking at – hadn't scored a touchdown I mean, yet and had a you know, new offensive coordinator. Right. But, I mean, I think if their defensive line plays like it did, Carolina, it's going to be a tough nut for Carolina. Yeah, I, I totally you know? agree. And so I think you just have to look at my matchups, and if that line plays the way it's played, that makes – you know, 2012, I want to say – they had a they got off to a shaky start, but I think they ended up winning ten games. They went seven and one. You got a good defensive. You got a good defensive line. You get good corners. It's a rush league. It's a cover league. Bengals can do those things. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Ninety three percent of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a seventy five dollar sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jeff Hobson, Bengals.com with us. One last question for you, Jeff, and you've been great with your time. As far as the practice squad quarterback goes, and I can't believe I'm asking you this, but I think some fans are curious. Obviously, the the Bengals drafted Logan Woodside in the seventh round. He's now Mm -hmm. on the Titans practice squad. And instead, the Bengals went with, instead of trying to bring him on, they went with Christian Hackenberg. Uh, Why Hackenberg and why not Whiteside? Or Woodside, excuse me. Well, I think that Hackenberg's got a lot of physical talent. This guy was a second-round pick. You're talking about Woodside was a seventh-round pick. Yep. Um, you know, I just think uh, uh, that's kind of almost a no-brainer. If you can think, you know, uh, I'm not sure how impressive Woodside was. He battled some physical ailments. He, uh, um, he didn't really get on the field until that, uh, you know, until the last preseason game. Um I don't know how much he wowed him, you know, a little bit. I think he had trouble adjusting to the thing, and the guy's a good player. I hope he does well at Tennessee. But Hackenberg is clearly a better physical talent. The guy played at Penn State. He's, uh, he's uh, what, I think he's 6'4", he's 228. He was one of the most highly recruited athletes uh, coming out of high school in Virginia. Uh, Bill Ways was just talking about that. He was one of Bill was probably, I think, the first guy to offer him a scholarship in Virginia. Um, and I think he was like the number one recruit in the country. The Jets took him with the 51st pick in the draft. They obviously saw something in him. He's been cut three times. Um, I just think it's a, uh, it's one of those deals where it's, you're playing with house money, you know? Um, probably it didn't sound, it, it never sounded like they were impressed with, uh, with Woodside. I think they liked him as a, as a, uh, as a, as, as a long shot prospect, but, uh, Hackenberg, I think physically and, uh, where he played his college ball, 
I think you know when you're playing with, with it, when it's basically you're you're, you're uh, it's not an exact science. You're playing with some house money. I think you go with the kid that's uh, you know that's uh, been highly uh, rated and then it's now trying to find his way back. Yeah, I like it. No, I, I liked it a ton. I, I didn't think there was for one second that. To me, Logan Woodside was a guy who had an internship, and I'm sure you had an internship way back when, Butch. I know I yes. have. And you can't mess up as an intern. And I feel like he had a, a lot of a rough go of it during his internship with the Bengals. I think he's a guy that's probably going to get better as he goes. He's going to figure it out as he goes, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, he'll, he'll uh, like I said, uh, hope he gets a. He's kind of a local guy. Grew up in Kentucky, and I really, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see him make it. But I think it's a type of situation where. It, if you probably line these up in a, uh, if you line these two guys up in a punt, punt or kiss, a punt, pass or kick competition, <laughs> you you know who you take, you know. And yeah. I think at this point, I think at this point at that spot, that's the way you have to go. Good stuff there from Jeff Hobson. Back at it tomorrow. It'll be a normal day. We'll look ahead to the Colts this Sunday. It's Bengals and it's Colts. Make sure you subscribe. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app and wherever you get your podcasts. Also on Twitter, at James Erpine, at Locked on Bengals. Thank you so much for listening today. Back at it tomorrow in studio. Until then, I'm James Erpine. Thanks for listening on the Locked on Bengals podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.